Thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. So let's get right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Praise God. Acts chapter 4, studying the subject of prayer. Let's look at corporate prayer for just a moment here tonight. The church started out with a great outpouring of God's Spirit. The upper room, 120, were filled with the Holy Ghost. 3,000 were saved subsequently after the preaching of the gospel by the Apostle Peter. After that, as Peter and John went up to the temple to pray, a tremendous miracle took place in which a crippled man was healed, went with Peter and John into the temple, leaping and praising God. You'd have thought that made everybody happy. You'd have thought that, amen? A great miracle. Here's this crippled guy, crippled from his mother's womb, never had walked a day in his life. Here he is running and shouting and praising God and lifting his hands and his legs are working and whole. And you'd have thought that would have made everybody happy. A miracle of God. A tangible miracle. Everybody could see it. Everybody witnesses. Could you imagine how exciting that must have been that day? But there were those that as that man ran around the temple praising and shouting and giving glory to God, there were those that stood back and said, we don't like that. No. Don't like that. Now, a religious voice will always do everything it can do to suppress the miraculous of God because the miraculous of God looses the control of mankind over what God desires to do and puts God in control of it. That's one of the big problems with man since the fall of God, since the fall of man in the garden, man has tried to control God. Instead of being controlled by God, he tries to control God. A lot of people do that today. A lot of people do that in denomination, religion. That's why they say, you know, don't come to our church praying in tongues. Don't come to our church laying hands on the sick and casting out devils. Don't come to our church talking about the power and the anointing of God. You'd have thought that the miracles of God, even that which has gone on here at Island Church, would make everybody on the island happy. You know it hadn't? You know it hadn't? Not everybody's happy. There are some people that are very threatened by the very fact that we exist. There are ministers that are upset. There are people that are in the, quote, uh, 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 circle of the ministerial organizations of this island that are very upset. At our, they thought for sure it was a passing fad. A couple of years it'll be over with. Statistics bear it out. Most church plants take about two years to run their course. After about two years and about 35 people come into services, they don't have enough money, time, effort, nor wherewithal to stay with what God said to do. So they'll be gone in no time. Well, I got news for them. We ain't going nowhere. Almost, it'll be 12 years this coming February, and we're fixing to build a beautiful building. We're fixing to have nice land, and I guarantee you, we're here to stay and here to do what God said to do. Amen. So, it's amazing. Remember this the rest of your life and then in the hereafter, and it will help you. You say, what is that? Religion always tries to control people. Religion is man. Reaching up to God His way and always coming up short. But Jesus is God reaching down to man His way and never coming up short. You say, well, aren't you about religion? No, we're about Jesus. We're about people having a personal relationship with their Heavenly Father through their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the way it works. And from there on, what we want after that is God's ability, God's power, God's anointing, God's miraculous. You say, well, what if it causes controversy? It's already done it. 
What if people get stirred up and get mad? They've already done it. But the good news is there will be more people that will receive the benefit of God's blessing and God's power. More people will be saved. More people will be delivered. More people will be healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And they will literally be able to go to heaven instead of hell because we made a decision to stand for Jesus and not religion. So religion grabbed up Peter and John, put them into prison. Said, don't do this no more. They demanded of them. Why did you do this? And in whose name did you do it? And I like the boldness of both uh, uh, Peter and John who made the declaration. Well, it's his name through faith in his name. That's what has made this man whole and strong. Now, in Acts chapter 4, the Lord kind of just peels back the, uh, peels back the curtain and lets us see. Let's look in verse 19. Let's just look here just for a moment. It says, Peter and John answered and said unto them, this is the Sanhedrin that took them after the miracle, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now here's one of our problems, church. Here's one of our problems. We are people that have a greater testimony than an argument of what the others have. Let me say that again. Maybe I didn't make myself clear. We are people that have a testimony that's bigger and greater than the argument of what people say we should not do or do not have. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you filled with the Holy Ghost tonight? Speak in other tongues. Now, how hard would it be for somebody to talk you out of that? Come up and say, now listen, come on now. I heard a guy on the radio the other day. I was listening to him. I was on my way down to the gym to play some badminton with dad and his buddies. And I was listening to this preacher. And brother, he was ripping the baptism of the Holy Spirit up. Talking about, have you got the Holy Ghost? Have you spoken in tongues? You're possessed by a devil. And I just went on and on and on and on. And I listened to him. I thought to myself, you know, buddy, you're not making any impact on anybody that's filled with the Spirit. All you're doing is convincing people out there of your own ignorance and how little you know about the Word of God. You cannot talk somebody out of something they have experienced. How many have experienced healing in your body? You've had God's healing touch, touch your body. How, how can you be talked out of that? By saying, well, listen, you've, you know, that, the, 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 we've had people say that. If anybody gets healed, it's the devil that's done it. Come on. The devil's not a healer. I had some of those people that come knock on your door, the the. the Jehovah Witnesses. Boy, they get mad when I guess they put a mark on my house because they don't come to my house no more. But one of them in particular, I got to talking about the healing power of God. He said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's all the devil. That's all the devil. I said, you mean the devil will heal broken bones and, and drive cancer out of people's bodies? Oh yeah, that's all the devil. That's all the devil. I thought to myself, what a fool. That's totally contrary to the Word of God. The devil doesn't heal. The devil doesn't fill with the Holy Ghost. The devil doesn't bless you. Say why? The devil is a thief. He comes but for to steal and to kill and destroy. God is the one that comes and heals. God is the one that blesses. God is the one that empowers. And God is the one that does what He says His Word will do. No matter what religion says. So when somebody tries to argue with you, you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm ruined. If they're talking to you about the Holy Ghost, say, well, listen, you know, here's the deal. That ought to convince them right there. That, that just kind of kind of wins the argument for you right there. Amen. So, here they are. 
They're saying basically what we're saying. For we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. They're saying this. We're ruined. We've seen too many miracles. We've heard too much of his teaching. He told us, the works that I do, you shall do also. Not only that, but greater works. So when we walked by the man sitting at the gate and he began to cry out to us, we had no other choice but to get him healed. Mm Mm-mm-mm. So when they had further threatened them, and you know, here that's what religion will always do. It'll threaten you. When they had further threatened them, lost my place, hold on. When they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because the people, because of the people, for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom the miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went into their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders that said unto them. Now notice, here's the first point. Number one, corporate prayer. Number one, being let go, they went into their own company. You must find your company. This is your company right here. This local church, island church. That's why it's important to come to prayer on Tuesday night. That's why it's important to come to church. God will put you in a company. He's always been a God that has put His people into groups. Actually, He calls it families. That He puts the solitary in families. That is the way God does things. That's what the church is. Actually, the church is a nation within the nations. That's exactly what the Word of God calls it. In reality, if you study it, He calls the church spiritual Israel. Where Israel was a natural nation, the church is a spiritual nation. And we are the body of Christ here at Island Church, but we are also of our own company. This is our company right here. And it's, uh, it's important that un- to understand that every individual that is born again needs to be a part of a company. I know the people say, well, I I go to all the churches and and I just enjoy all the... Listen, you couldn't do that in a marriage. You couldn't do that in a relationship. That's Actually, that's spiritual adultery. You can't give yourself, I give myself to this church and that church and this church and that. You can't do that. You You will literally be an oddity in the body of Christ. You will not fit in anywhere. You've got to make a decision. This is my company. These people are the people that God has called me to. I'm going to be faithful to it. I'm going to be a part of it because you will find strength within your company, relationship within your company, agreement within your company, favor within your company, and you will find the structure that you need the spiritual structure that you need to get you through any situation you have to go through in life. So I didn't just go back to some stranger somewhere. They found their company. I wonder who it was. I bet it was a bunch of those people that were in the upper room. I bet you asked exactly who it was. They went. Those people were meeting. They were praying. They knew the leadership had been taken. They were in there praying in the Holy Ghost. So here they went. Now notice what happens. It says when they... And being let go, they went into their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders said unto them. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voice. Everybody say, lifted up their voice. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. There is something to opening your mouth and lifting up your voice to pray. Both as an individual and both as a church. I've said it, we ought to get a plaque and put it on the wall. A moment of silent prayer never got anybody anything. I heard somebody say this one time. God's not deaf. Yeah, but sometimes the devil is. 
That's what it wasn't. R.W. Schambach used to say that. Scream at the devil. Tell him to get out. How they used to say that, you know? Yeah, sometimes you got to lift up your voice. You say, why? Sometimes the greatest voice you need to hear is not the voice of the preacher, the voice of the prophet, the voice of the apostle, but your own voice being lifted up to God that helps strengthen you and helps causes you to receive boldness from God. Listen, if you, have, if you don't have boldness to pray, how are you going to have boldness to witness? Let me try that again. You need to hear that. If you don't have a boldness to pray, to press into the things of God, how are you going to have a boldness to witness? Here is our training ground. This is the prep room. This is where God gets us ready to go out into this wicked world and be Jesus in the wicked world. So they lifted up their voices with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that there is in who by the mouth of thy servant David, now notice this, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said. Now they're finding their foundation to pray. You say, what do you mean? They're finding their foundation in the Word. If David said it, they must be talking about the Psalms. Israel's prayer book. So they're going back to what? The foundation. Here, we've got a reason to pray. We've got a reason to have faith. We've got a reason to believe God. We've got a word from God in the Psalms. King David wrote, amen. It's a thus saith the Lord for us. They lifted up their voice with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage? And the people imagined vain things. And the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ for of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, when they hath anointed, when the, who thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants with all boldness that we may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken when they were assembled together, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now listen to me. What got them in trouble? What got them in trouble? A miracle. A miracle got them in trouble. A miracle got them called on the carpet by the very people that hung Jesus on the cross. A miracle threatened them. A miracle became something to them that should have been a great blessing. It became something that religion used against them. So instead of shrinking back, pulling back, cowardly, oh boy, you know, that was, that was an awesome miracle, but Lord, can we tone it down a little bit? You know, let's, let's, let's don't be singing as loud. Don't you know the dollar stores next door? People can hear us in there on Sunday morning praying and shouting. I mean, what, what, what will they think? I like what one old preacher said years ago. He says, if people's minds are the place you keep your joy, you're in a lot of trouble. You say, what does that mean? Who cares what anybody thinks? Lord, we want, we want, yeah, we want to see a move of God, but, you know, let's, is there any way we can tone it down a little bit? Let's just, that's not the way they prayed. They got together and said, Lord, you gave us a great miracle, and it caused a lot of trouble. Now give us even more miracles and cause even more trouble. 
I mean, by the, by the time Paul, the Apostle Paul began to make his reputation in preaching the gospel, the, the, the leadership and the governments of the cities and the nations where he preached said this, this is the one who has turned the world upside down with his preaching. Have you ever read that? He had an impact. Listen, God wants his church to have an impact in an area. He doesn't care if it's controversial. He does not care if people say this or say that. All he wants us to know is he desires to stretch forth his hand, to heal, to do signs, to do wonders, to do miracles. Yes, it's going to be controversial, but he wants a people that will stand boldly and proclaim it and declare it. We're not ashamed. We're not hiding. I remember when I was in Bible school, uh, Pastor John Osteen said that when, you know, they were all Baptist and got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and so they, he said, we used to hide. He said, we used to go into the, into the, into the back by where the uh, 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 baptismal room was. And he said, there was, a, there was a pair of waiters that used to hang on the door that he used to use to baptize people with. And he said, one of the elders of the church had heard that, that several of the men of the church and Brother Osteen had gotten the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he was, he was desiring it, and, but he was real intimidated. And they were all hiding. He said, we would hide. And real quiet, we'd get in there and pray in tongues real quiet. We'd make sure nobody knew what we were doing. And he said, so this guy followed us one day. And he said, he came and fell in the door. He said, we cut all the lights off. He said, we want anybody to know what we were doing. He said he came and he fell into the door. And as he fell into the door, he lifted his hands up and felt the bottoms of those waiters, the shoes, the boots of the waiters. And he thought we were all elevated up off the floor. He said he got up and ran out of there so fast. He said we ran him down and told him, no, that's just the waiters hanging on the back of the door. And about two days later, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But Brother Osteen said this. He found out later. He said the more we tried to hide it, the more it came out. He said, the more we tried to cover it up, the bigger it got. He said, till finally everybody knew, and he got called on the carpet, and he said, he got the left foot of fellowship out of the Baptist church. He said, they didn't kick me out, they kicked me up. Amen. Well, we love the Baptist, we love the Methodist, we love the Presbyterian, we love the Catholic, we love the Episcopalian, we love all believers, but we're not going to compromise what we believe just because they don't believe it. People say, well, you got to be civil, you got to be nice. I am. We do. But here's the problem. When you try to get people together to do something corporately in a city, it's always us that have to give up what we believe. We don't want you talking in tongues. We don't want you doing this. We don't want you doing that. I preached a city-ride revival for Pastor Randy, Pastor Randy Ayers. They had seven churches come together, the Baptist, the Methodist. You went with me on that, didn't you? Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, all of them were together. And so Randy, he gets, he, instead of him preaching like a good pastor should, He's not here, so I'll pick on him. Amen. He calls me up and says, why don't you come preach it? I'm like, all right. So I preached in his church on Sunday morning. Sunday afternoon, I had the last service. So they had a big flatbed trailer, and it was in like a, a rodeo arena. And there was a big crowd of people there. And so I got up and I had this message prepared that was very civil. It was just very civil and very nice and kind of patted everybody on the back. I'm okay. You're okay. We're all in this together. Love, 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 love. We all just love one another. And I got up and started preaching that, and it felt like my mouth filled up with hay. I'm like. <laughs> and the more I preached it, I just got this. 
you know, I was like, man, this is, so about halfway through, you can ask, you can ask Leah, about halfway through, I took off running and jumped off of that trailer and landed on the ground right in front of all them preachers. And I stuck my finger in their face and I said, I'm not here to apologize for speaking in tongues. And when I said that, half the crowd went, woo! And that night, 18 denominational people got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. You say, why? We're not ashamed of the anointing of God. We're not ashamed of the power of God. We're not ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And as they pray, Lord, grant us boldness. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. The Bible said when they prayed that way, the place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, weren't they filled in Acts 2? That shows us that when we live a spiritual life, baptized in the Holy Ghost, there is the initial inpouring of the Spirit of God in which we receive the Holy Ghost through salvation and the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Then there are subsequent refillings. I mean, you go down and buy a car and fill it up with gas. You say, well, you know, it, 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 where's your car? It's parked on the side of the road. What happened? I don't know. It just quit running. It just quit running. Yeah, I, I filled it with gas, and I ran it till that needle went from the F to the E, and when it got on the E, it just quit running. So I guess I need a new car. No, you don't need a new car. You just need a new filling. And a lot of churches, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, sad to say that the baptism in the Holy Ghost for them is only an experience. It does not produce a lifestyle. But it is God's desire that the baptism in the Holy Ghost produces a lifestyle of walking in the Spirit for you. Everywhere I go, almost every day, I catch myself unconsciously walking around. I was surfing the other day. I caught myself sitting out on my board. Some guy looked at me like I was crazy. Who cares? We were walking out of an airplane one time, me and this other minister. And we'd been flying, Lord, we'd been flying for nine hours. We finally landed in Europe. And we're walking out of the, out of the, uh, down the gangway. And he's walking beside me. And two of the stewardesses are walking behind us. And he's just, oh, walking down. I mean, just as loud as he could do. It's Ivan Tate's who it was. So it's, so I'm walking. I'm, not, I'm just jet lagged, tired from flying. And I turn around and their eyes are this big. Their eyes are that big. And they were walking behind us. And they would not distance themselves. They got up closer and closer, listening, listening, listening. You say, well, it created a curiosity on them. And I just turned to him and said, hey, he's just full of the Holy Ghost. That might have been the seed that caused them to seek God to get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, don't be ashamed of God. Don't be ashamed of the goodness of God. Don't be ashamed of the life and power of God. You say, well, I, my family. Oh, that's, that's where it gets to. My family. Oh, if my family ever knew. Well, they know. Amen. Kind of like smoking dope. How many ever smoke weed? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know that. But you go out and you smoke a bunch of weed. And you come in. 
And you come home, you can put Visine in your eyes. You come walking in. But you got that aroma on you, see. Yeah. And you may be so stoned you don't even know it's there. But it's there. And everybody can smell it on you. And when you come in from a good Holy Ghost meeting, you come in from a place where God's been moving, and the power of God's been in manifestation, and you come in and you sit down and people look at you and they're like, where you been? Where you been? Well, I went to the store. You did? Anywhere else? Yeah, I stopped at the Sonic. Yeah, anywhere else? Well, I swung by that island church. Oh, there it is right there. I, I, can, I can smell it on you. Amen? People can tell when you've been around a move of God. They can tell when you've been around the Holy Ghost, around the things of God, around the Spirit of God. There's a difference in the way you talk. There's a difference in the way you act. There is a difference in you. The thing is, don't hide from it. Be bold. Because most people, most people are so hungry. Most people that have been in dead religion and just listen to the same old thing over and over and sing the same same old songs over and over, and it does not feed their heart or soul. I've got people that will call me up and talk to me that, 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 that either do not serve God the way they should or haven't gotten saved yet. People that I'm acquainted with, people that I know. And many times, many times they'll ask me, hey, what's going on at the church? You know why they want to know? Because they know I'll start talking about Jesus. And their heart is so hungry that their head can't talk them out of asking me about God. Because every time I talk to them, it feeds their spirit. Oh, tell me more about their spirit's just going like a dog that wants a bone. Just get, tell me more. Tell me. More. Have you been on any missions trips? Did you get anybody saved? Get anybody? That's what their spirit screaming. At. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. I'm stuck in this knucklehead's body. It's got this crazy mind, but I want Jesus. And eventually, that spirit in them will rise up and get what they desire. That's why I don't hang up on them. That's why I always talk to them. Talk to them just like I talk to you. And I guarantee you, if you'll do that and be bold and say, Father, thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost, but I'm going to get filled every day. I'm going to stay topped off. I'm not going to run on the bottom half of the tank. I'm going to run on the top half. That's what I like to do. Amen. I like to keep my tank filled. And if you will do that, I guarantee you, sure, there'll be some opposition. Sure, you may have some problems with your family, this or that. But after it's all said and done, the hunger that's in you, the anointing that's on you, the Spirit of God that's working in you, it's going to get over on them, and they're going to want what you have. Because if you've really got it, they're going to want it. If you're just playing a game, they're going to see that too. And they're not going to want anything that's not real. But if there's something real that has touched your heart, Something real that is ministered to your spirit. Something real that has caused power to come into your life. You just stay with it. Don't be ashamed of it. And then you ask God, Lord, give me boldness. Everywhere I go, in front of my family, my job, in my community, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power. And when you begin to act like that, walk like that, and talk like that, God will open doors for you like you've never seen before. Amen? Hallelujah. Just this week, I was able... Went into a surf shop. One of the guys that run a surf shop was in a bad accident out in the bay. And so I just felt compassion for him. So I wrote out a check. I was going to give him some money because he needed some money financially. And I walked into his shop, and there he stood, hurting, in pain, facing all kinds of turmoil and trouble. 
And I tell you what, I just got bold. He's standing there with his son. I just got bold. I said, man, you need me to pray for you. He said, I do. And I just laid hands on him, and for about 10 minutes, I just prayed the will of God into his life, the power of God, healing in his body, blessing into his life, bound the devil off of his life that has been attacking him, and just boldly, you say, weren't you afraid somebody might walk in? I was afraid somebody wouldn't. I just took my time and ministered to him right there, right there, standing in the middle of the shop, unashamed, unafraid, unintimidated. You say, why? Because I had the answer. And I could tell by the time I left, you could tell the Spirit of God had ministered mightily to his heart. And I look forward to him and his family coming to Island Church because it will happen in Jesus' name. You love the Lord tonight? Stand on your feet. Glory to God, my time is up. Father, thank you for boldness. Lord, we pray as a church. Go ahead and open your mouth and begin to pray for a moment. Lord, we pray as a church tonight. Lord, we thank you. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Fill us fresh and new with the Holy Ghost tonight. Let the Spirit of God fall upon us in Jesus' name. Now just lift your hands and open your mouth. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Out loud, pray in the Spirit. Come on, find a new vein. Find a new flow. Find a new river in you tonight. Come on, press in for a moment, church. Press in and get filled fresh and new. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we call for the rain, for the rain of the Spirit of God, for the rain of the natural to fall upon this island in Jesus' name. Drought-busting rain in the Spirit that breaks down the barriers of denomination and religion that breaks down that which would hold back the move of God. Father, we thank you for the rain and the rain of the natural that the clouds would gather and give forth their moisture unto the dry and parched earth. Thank you, Father, for the refreshing. Thank you for refreshing upon this island. Thank you for refreshing, touching every hungry heart. Thank you for it, Heavenly Father. And for revival, Lord, revival on a scale never experienced on this island, an outpouring of your spirit, 
signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural in operation, breaking down every denominational barrier, breaking down every denominational wall, breaking down every ethnic and racial barrier, and bringing together the people of God to worship, to praise, to glorify, and magnify your holy name. And Lord, we break the spirit of religion over this island. That intimidation, that domination, that control, Father, which we know is nothing but witchcraft. We break that over God's people. We thank you, Father, for a fresh outpouring of your spirit, for a move of God that breaks all of that down in Jesus' name. And Father, we say, let the heathen rage. Let the heathen rage, but grant unto us all the tools we need. Thank you for that land. Thank you for that building. Thank you for that bus. Thank you for that tent. Thank you for that internet ministry, Lord God. Thank you for that jail ministry. Thank you for our children's ministry, for our ministry to the teenagers, for our, for our Sunday school, for our DAP class, for our missions work. Father, we're busy, 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 busy about kingdom business. And we thank you, Father, that because of that, you pour out your spirit, pour out your ability, enhance your giftings, cause the manifestation of your ability to rise above our inability in every area in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now one more time, worship God. One more time, worship Him tonight. Give Him glory and honor tonight. We glorify you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now let your spirit settle for just a moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, if you've got a message in tongues, lift your hand up. Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go ahead, Dad. For you are approaching a threshold, that which you will cross over, which will bring all that is going on in this ministry and church from the realm and dimension of addition into multiplication. For I will and I have answered your prayers. And if you have prayed and been bold to stand and request year after year, month after month, week after week, day after day, and to cry out for the power and to cry out for the anointing 
and to cry out for the signs and the wonders and the miracles and not just for yourself but for the community in which I've placed you and the city in which you abide and the state, the nation, and the world in which you live, I will answer that prayer. I will cause the exponential curve of that which you have believed me for to come into manifestation and you will see a greater outpouring, a greater increase, a greater blessing than you could have ever imagined. So get ready, get ready. You've been approaching it for many years. Now it's time to step over. Step over into the greater things. Step over into the bigger things. Step over into greater anointings and greater blessings. And you will see that I will get the glory, you will get the benefit, and the multitudes will be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, we give Him the glory tonight. Give Him the glory tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We say it's all about you, Jesus. Nothing we have done. All that you do. All that you are. We give you glory this evening. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, Father, we're so thankful for this wonderful day you've given us. Beautiful service this morning. We lift up those that stood in this altar. That your, that your word and your anointing has touched their heart eternally. We covet them as part of the body of Christ be part of this body we pray over them till Christ be formed in them we say devil get your hands off of them we break addictions condemnation guilt confusion and anything else that would keep them from finding their destiny and calling in the things of God thank you for what you've done for us according to your word and by your spirit as we leave tonight we rejoice in our protection and safety you've been so faithful Lord protect this body and we stand tonight upon your word claiming that same protection and safety declaring that there shall no evil befall us neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place rejoicing that you Lord give your angels charge over us thanking you in our travels on the highways the airways the seaways the railways any other way of travel or transportation since this is the summer Lord that which is recreational that which is for fun that which is for amusement we declare even in that realm, we are protected, kept safe, and blessed by you, Almighty God. Lord, in our work, the sovereign work of our hands, in the schools, in the, in the petrochemical plants, the hospitals, the retail markets, the job sites, wherever we find the righteous labor of our hands, we declare we are not subject to the terror, the trauma, the tragedy loosed on this earth through demonic powers, but we are kept safe by the sovereign hand of Almighty God and according to his word. Father, thank you for the door of utterance that we have. Give us that boldness to go forward this week into a hurting community, into a lost community, into an unloved community. Let us be your hand extended. Let us be your word spoken. Let us be your love ministered to those that need it so desperately. Father, we thank you as we leave tonight. We walk in faith towards you and love. Thank you that you loved us first and you loved us so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. Thank you for giving us our company, Lord. Thank you for a group of believers that will stand and contend for a move of God here on this island. Thank you also, Father, that you send us forth as ambassadors, representatives of the kingdom of heaven, called by God to do the will of God in this day and this hour. So, Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood 
empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you, and we'll see you during the week. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.